Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. Nashville to set some new fiscal records in 2022. Will there be enough travel demand this year to occupy all of Nashville's new hotels? Plus some of the new laws that may come to the Tennessee floor this year. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. Nashville's business and convention travel is roaring back. Uh, and that is what Butch Spearden uh, said from the Nashville's Visitors and uh, Convention and Visitors Corporation. Uh, he said that at the uh, March 10th Vanderbilt Project Management Symposium. Uh, and he's really talking about all the conventions that have uh, made their way back to Nashville after the uh, the lull during the pandemic. Yeah, so uh, Butch said, from this point forward, we are full steam ahead. We will set some records for this fiscal year, and we will continue to fire on all cylinders. Uh, so according to the National Business Journal, the city has already booked eight more conventions, uh, 28 total for this year. Um, uh, so that makes it, uh, eight more than it did for the entirety of 2019. That's fantastic. According to Daz data from the visitors corporation. I mean, eight more doesn't sound like a lot, but compared to 28, eight is a huge number. Oh yeah. Um, so compared 20 to 28, I mean, that's a, that's a large increase in conventions in Nashville just this year. So according to STR, they're a, a, organization that collects and analyzes hotel travel and data and all of these things. They're based in Hendersonville. Uh, it, it, the, for the total for the fiscal year is going to be $1.58 billion for this fiscal year, which is going to break a record. Well, and, but that's specific to hotel room revenue, um, uh, as an indicator of business is expected to top that $1.58 billion, uh, specifically, uh, that number more than double from last year. Some that would mark a new record. Uh, the news is a far leap from the mass cancellations that obviously, uh, happened from 2020 to 2021. Um, so still the city has been able to salvage about one third of the canceled visits, said Butch Bearden, and that may contribute to the addition of those eight, the new plus the, uh, the canceled that are brought back. Yeah. Uh, so right now about 40% of travel into Nashville is leisure travel, uh, which is a great number. Uh, and then the Nashville business journal does, uh, also has this hotel revenue, uh, from July to December made $775 million for the city of Nashville. So the, the Tennessean has this article that's also very interesting because we're seeing, you know, maybe some records broken from uh, this leisure and business travel. Uh, but the Tennessean brought is bringing a, an interesting perspective that we have here um, is that hotels haven't really, even though they're, they're going to 
hopefully come back to where they were pre-pandemic. Um, a lot of hotels have made their way into Nashville and opened since the pandemic began. You know, they're not just going to stop construction whole cloth on these things. You know, a, a lot of things have have opened and they haven't been able to gain back the traction as quickly as maybe the crowded honky tonks down on um, Broadway. So, you know, the, the Tennesseans kind of asking the question, when will the hotels get back to that? Um, and, you know, as, as these conventions come in, will that bring us back to the occupancy level of where we were previously at dang near a hundred percent? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it was like 99.9%. Yeah. But now that we have all these new hotels, are we going to get up to that number? Uh, I don't know if we will get to that number soon. I think within a year we may be hitting that number again too. Uh, it really just depends on what other major events are happening in the city. Uh, but the average cost of a hotel room in Nashville in the month of February was one hundred and thirty-one dollars and fifty-four cents. Back in two thousand and nineteen, February of two thousand nineteen, the average room rate was one hundred and sixty-one dollars and fifty-four cents. So basically, a thirty-dollar difference still. Uh, and they have a percentage as well. So we're still down about 26% compared to 2019. But this is this is interesting because I don't know if the Tennessean is contradicting the Business Journal here in this article. They, they have a section that says it's not going to be 2019, where their first line is convention and business travel still lag significantly behind pre-pandemic levels, where we just saw in the Business Journal that we actually have eight more conventions booked this year than we did in 2019, which is crazy. I, I kind of want to see the dates of these published. Okay. So the Tennessean was published on March 14th and the Nashville business journal was published on March 15th. Yeah. So, so uh, maybe everything changed that day. I don't think so. I think, I don't think eight conventions booked on that day. So that I would be absolutely insane. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm not uh, too sure if they reached out to the visitor center uh, this year. They, I know they talked to the music city center um, and, uh, but even they have are citing that same STR uh, group. They don't expect the average nightly hotel room cost to return to 2019 levels until 2022. And I guess I wonder if they're using that as the indicator on hotel success is if they get back to those pre pandemic levels. But honestly, I truly think that the, the dollar amount could go down because of competition and not that's true and, 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 and more hotels available. And so they want to make sure they're competitive rather than they're looking for a benchmark of, of what number to get to based off of 2019 number when there weren't as many hotels. So I think there's a lot of different factors that uh, may not be here, but I, I think the, the strongest thing is seeing that visitors corporation saying eight more conventions already, which is a double digit percentage more than 2019, mm-hmm. which is pretty significant. So according to the Tennessean, they're, it's basically the profits. So the profits from 2019 and this year are not the same. They're not estimating that the profits won't be the same until 2024. Yeah. Now, but I, as you said, there, there's so much competition now. Right. That will will it ever uh, be uh, be able to obtain those numbers again? It, the price probably. The price will probably go up. May not be the same as uh, as fast as it did for maybe 2016, 17, 18, 19. I just know it's um, expensive to stay in Nashville. It, it is. Uh, now, will the hotels regain their profits as as quickly as they probably help? Probably not. The occupation levels may not 
get to where they were in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may just be because the, the same number of rooms may be booked, but the occupation levels may be a little bit lower uh, because of all these added hotels. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited for the numbers that are going to come out of 2022 to see and compare them to 2019. I think we'll have uh, on at the, at the end of the day, I think we'll have more records broken than we expected. Yeah. I, I don't think from a visitor standpoint, cause if I, if I remember correctly, it was over 19 million visitors in 2019 or 16.5 million. I can't yeah, remember the exact number. Correct. I don't think we're going to have that many video uh, visitors. No, but we're going to be breaking the records with the conferences and conventions coming to town. Yep. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if the, the numbers hold at the end of the year. All right. Let's talk about some local uh, food and drinks here in the area. Uh, recently, we went to Mule Town Coffee down in Columbia. This is not the first time we hosted an Explore Meet um, uh, uh, two weekends ago down in Columbia. And we went to Mule Town Coffee. And uh, to be honest, Mule Town Coffee has one of the best medium roasts that I've had. Um, it's called the woodsman and I'm normally not a medium roast kind of dark roast kind of person. They advertise it as a dark roast, but it's a very light medium roast. At least it tastes to me, but it's not, it's not thick. Um, it's, it, it's an incredible drink. Uh, now mule town, they roast their own beans. They, so they have a lot more to offer than, <laughs> than just one drink. They have food there on site. They're planning on moving into a larger area downtown than they are now. They have some incredible merch. Um, but, uh, that's, I got the woodsman. I believe we, we talked about, uh, last week how, uh, even though it's cold, Stuart will order iced coffee. Oh, and I yeah. believe that's what you did as well. Yeah. It was, it was a really interesting <laughs> day when we were in Columbia because it was so windy. The wind chill was like, it made it like feel cold, but it wasn't yeah. cold. It, it, was, it was, was like in the sixties, but it wasn't cold. It was I think weird. it was more the thirties. <laughs> no, it's probably actually like 53. Uh, but I had a cold brew coffee, but the thing that stood out to me is I had, I don't know if they make them in house, but I had a Nutella pop tart and it was like a homemade pop tart. That was fantastic. Yeah, they they have some good food options there as well. Um, but just a, an, an excellent uh, group of people down there in Columbia with Mule Town uh, Coffee Roasters. And uh, so if you want to ever head down to Columbia, uh, make sure to check them out. All right, let's head over to Explorers Nashville Tip of the Day. For Explorers National Tip of the Day, it's a great day to take a hike around Radnor Lake State Park. You may be able to see the bald eagle that's still there. Uh, yeah, the, before the leaves come in on the trees. Yeah, because those leaves will come fast. Like, they'll be there in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, and this is, it's a cloudy day. It's not going to be overly, uh, to, I mean, that's every day in the spring is a cloudy day. Uh, so you'll have patches of, of clear every now and again. Uh, but over the past three or four years, Nashville's just been a blanket of cloud during this time of the year. Yeah. Um, so it, it could be a fantastic day, uh, to really enjoy, uh, the views of the park before the spring, we're able to see more wildlife, uh, but it's not going to be so cold that you'll need to bring sweats and, and, uh, a jacket. Um, and I mean, I think on a cloudy day, um, that Radnor may not be as crowded as it is on a, a nice sunny day. So this could be a great day to head out to Radnor Lake and uh and and really enjoy kind of the last day before the the leaves come in and if especially if you're a 
allergic to pollen and <laughs> then Radder Lake's definitely not going to be as fun when everything is in full bloom. Uh, so head out to Radnor Lake. Mondays are great for that. Uh, if you need parking help, then uh, don't park on the sides of the roads for the Franklin, uh, the Franklin uh, road or Franklin Pike entrance. You can only do that on the granny white pike entrance. So uh, make sure you stick to the parking guides that you see there and have a great hike out at Radnor Lake. That is Explorers Nashville tip of the day. Today's episode of Nashville Daily is brought to you by Screen Threads. Use code Screen Threads to take 10% off or the code Nashville Daily to take 10% off of Screen Threads. Uh, but they're doing something really cool right now. If you can throw up my screen, Aaron, they're actually having a Mother's Day sale. And what this is, is you get to purchase a towel, a candle, and you get a sticker for $25. Ooh, that's fantastic. It's a really great deal. Uh, the tower, a towel says, you're the best mama everyone wished they had. Uh, the candle is one of two of their top selling scents. So you get to choose what scent you want. So either a grapefruit scent and the other one is, I believe, a campfire scent. It's not letting me choose it. But then you also get a sticker. So this is a great deal happening at ScreenThreads.com for 25 bucks. And I think you can get a discount on that, right? With, I, I, uh, I, with I, discount I code National Daily. Daily. I think so. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure if that discount code works. I may have to try it, but we're going <laughs> to be getting a box here soon. So we'll be opening it on air. There you go. So check that out at screenthreads.com. Uh, all right. Close to screen threads, screen, screen threads located in marathon village, just a stone's throw away from there is Capitol Hill here in Tennessee where new laws are being presented on the floor soon. Um, if, or they've already been presented or yeah. They're, so they're somewhere in the process of, of, uh, you know, how a bill becomes a law kind of, uh, kind of schoolhouse rock situation. Um, but they will be, uh, you know, in the process of that, if they become new laws, uh, I believe, is it, are these for the January 1st or the July 1st new laws? I, I can't remember these are the July 1st new laws. Okay. I can't, cause I know so, we usually have two rounds of July 1st and a January 1st yeah, with some new I laws here in Tennessee. So some of these laws that we're going to talk about, some of them are already on governor Bill Lee's desk to sign. I don't know if there's a certain time frame, like the laws signed from February to March are July's laws <laughs> or the laws signed from April to I don't June. know. They may, be, they may be different depending on how much is required to, to kind of get to work before it can become a law. No, that's true. And it could, it could say, Hey, does this law go into the 2023 year? I don't yeah. Know. So we'll see. Let's start with a few of the, uh, the ones that you might be hearing about. Um, one of them right now uh, is, is on governor Bill Lee's desk. By the time you hear this, it may have already been signed. That's true. Um, but this is uh, the, the first one is for the police residency requirement. They actually, uh, it's to ban the police residency requirement. Essentially right now, uh, if you are police officer, uh, then you're required to live in the County that you patrol. Unless, uh, unless there's already a County bylaw that says you can live in another County. Cause I know Williamson County and Wilson County are a little bit different than Davidson County. Yes. Um, so this is a, a statewide, uh, thing that would then apply um, but it really, the ban is, is so that recruiting can be a better effort, 
uh, for police departments um, in Tennessee, especially for Memphis and Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wish there was a little more detail here in this News Channel 5 story because I don't know if you have to be a resident to even apply. Uh, I think that may be, that's kind of what the language is hinting at, is you may have to be a resident to like apply or officially do something, um, but it will make recruitment easier, um, essentially, if this ban uh, takes place. So yeah. that's, that's uh, it could be signed by the time we are talking, uh, you, you're hearing this, or... Uh, it, it could still be on, sitting on the desk. It could be <laughs> sitting on the desk waiting sitting for, on the for desk. Uh, Billy to return. I, I really wish in the News Channel 5 article it would, it would give you the quote of like, this is HB 1112 or something like that so we could actually look up the law and the language of it. <laughs> Who would uh, ever do that? Look into I, things a little bit deeper. You I, know? I definitely do that. <laughs> uh, so th- this is a bill that is really interesting because this has been happening in Nashville quite a bit. We don't have the exact numbers of this, but people are breaking into cars and a lot of people are leaving their cars unlocked. And one, the thing that's stolen the most in Nashville are firearms. And so this is a very thing that's like happening every single day in Nashville. I can't remember the exact number, but I think, if I remember correctly, the the number was close to twelve hundred firearms were so, yeah, stolen I think in that's Davidson right. County within like a six month period. Yeah, I can't remember the time period, but I think you're right on on uh, that number. So now Tennessee lawmakers, according to News Channel Five, are set to discuss a bill uh, that would make it a crime if you don't safely store your gun, and this is specific to your car or boat. Uh, and it's not when you're in your car, it's when you are or car boat, it's when you're out of your car or boat. Basically two things, the gun and or ammunition needs to be out of sight. And number two, it needs to be locked away in your trunk, uh, utility box, glove box, or securely locked a box attached to the vehicle or boat. And again, that's not while you're in there. It's while you are out of the vehicle or the boat punishment would not be fine or jail time, but you'd have to go to a court approved gun safety course. Uh, uh, I think there should be a fine for that. <laughs> probably uh, in Metro Nashville, police say 70% of all guns stolen in 2022 were taken from vehicles. Lock them up. Uh, Metro, Metro police said <laughs> 320 guns have been stolen from vehicles so far this year. There's the number. My gosh. 20 just last week with this article was written March 15th. So uh, more have been stolen since then. That's so a it's, guarantee. It's, yeah, it's probably <laughs> over 400 guns. So lock your cars uh, and then also keep your guns with you. Uh, one thing that the Stuart and I've talked about this a ton uh, behind the scenes, and and you probably have as well. You're wondered uh, why don't they teach financial literacy in schools? Well, uh, apparently, if you've thought that, you're not the only one. Uh, the Tennessee law could soon change uh, uh, to allow money management courses taught in school districts statewide. There's a bill moving quickly through the legislature, which could urge local school boards to create financial literacy programs for kids. Grade six to eight, six to eight. I think it should I, I, really I, be high school. I think it should goes be learning through. about finances from the age of <laughs> seven years I mean, old I mean, until high school. I mean, if it could be taught like a language, like from early on, then yes, obviously the better. Uh, but literally, they should have classes on how to understand how to pay taxes. Yeah, some of that is like you know. I, I think including that through high school would probably be helpful as well. Uh, but it's an elective uh, class or part of the normal classroom click uh, curriculum. Um, this is, this did, this did include a this HB one has the bill 2294. I wish all of them had the bill so I could read these uh, yeah. things for fun. So it means school boards would have some type of financial literacy plan. Okay. I, I, I think that's a brilliant idea uh, that I believe that one's going to become law. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, it absolutely should. Um, and then uh, the last one, we have a few more in our show notes, nationaldailypodcast.com. If you want to take a listen there, uh, the last one we're going to talk about is Noah's law. This is, uh, I think should be on governor Billy's desk right about now. Uh, maybe by the time you're hearing this, he would have signed it uh, or could still be sitting on the stack of things to sign um, Noah's law. This essentially changes the way the state handles Amber alerts. Um, so, Noah's law would allow TBI to issue alerts sooner for children uh, at the center of active custody battles with the hope of getting them home quickly and safely. Um, so the, the reason it's called Noah's law it was inspired by three-year-old Noah Claire. He was taken by his custodial father for more than a week, uh, for more than a week last year, triggering a nationwide manhunt manhunt at the time an endangered child alert was issued, but an Amber alert wasn't issued for another 11 days. That's a long time. Uh, Noah's uh, family expressed their disappointment um, and he was eventually found safe in California. Uh, but essentially they're changing what parameters meet an Amber alert. Cause a lot of parameters don't meet an Amber alert. Um, the parameters that they're essentially going to change it to um, Amber alerts will be issued 48 hours for children abducted by their non custodial parents. So that's kind of the specific language that's uh, changing in there. And the House and Senate both have passed. So this is probably on Governor Billy's desk or has been signed into law. Yep. So that's uh, those are some of the significant things that we have seen uh, gone or being presented on the Tennessee floor here recently. Uh, If you want to see more, we have more articles over at nationaldatapodcast.com. Click on this episode you'll see the show notes inside of there. If there's anything else that you guys have noticed that has hit the floor, let us know. And uh, we'll probably have another section where we talk about this stuff. uh, Once another round of laws have been presented uh, on the podcast website, we talked about weird laws in the state of Tennessee. We did. This was an audio episode. (laughs) That was such a fun episode. I think we needed to make that a video episode (laughs) soon. And it really talked about a reenactment video or reenactment video for sure. I think that'd be hilarious. (laughs) So head to Nashville daily podcast to learn more. There you go. We hope you guys have a great Monday. Have a great hike over at Radnor Lake and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Nashville Daily. To learn more about today's episode, visit NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. And to stay connected, head to our Discord and you can find the link at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com slash connect. Nashville Daily is now offering tours. If you'd like to take a tour of downtown Nashville, head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore.Nash production. Copyright 2022.